Hello, I'm Scott Sasha. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast, where we, we ex- that was important. We explore the big money issues in the world of sports, and let's begin with the United States Olympic Committee report. What's up? What's the name of if we're a cappella group? What are we? We're like, are we the the sport and poofs? What we, are we? <laughs> How about the three bosses? I like it. See? I like it. Yeah. Okay, there we okay. go. I like Evan that. once again rubbing his eyes. <laughs> As if like he's been shot between the <laughs> he, the he has that, I need to be on an Excedrin commercial <laughs> look. Exactly. I, I love that he goes Excedrin. That's so 1995. <laughs> Could somebody please hand me an aspirin? No, what, what are we starting with? Remember that? Anderson? Of course I remember it. See? It's of so- course I remember Anderson. I'm old. He's not. That's why the show works. <laughs> USOC report. Uh, go ahead, Novi. We'll another 400-page report. Yeah, <laughs> 250. Yeah, the, uh, the independent investigation into uh, USA Gymnastics and the United States Olympic Committee into essentially answering the question, how did Larry Nassar abuse this many women for this many years uh, and not get, uh, not get caught? Uh, Ropes and Gray Law Firm published their report this week. Uh, it is, it's not full of a lot of new details, but it fleshes out some things that we either already knew or it already had strong inklings of, and it is, it's ugly. You know, the, the top two highest ranking executives at the USOC were aware of Larry Nasser allegations back in 2015. Right, let me, let me jump in, hold one second. I mean, th- this is the key word for me in the whole thing. Yeah. Thanks. So the emails that were sent to Scott Blackman and, and somebody else, uh, in, in positions of power, former CEO, USA, former CEO Scott of the Blackman. USOC. Said Nasser. The only email he received that included the name Nasser. You know what he did, Barr? I'm afraid to ask. He hit the delete button. That's yeah. what the report tells us. He hit the delete button. He claims to have deleted it because he was afraid of it being hacked by Russians. Uh, there, there's so much, there are little details in this throughout that are, that are damning. The most damning, in my opinion, is the fact that Alan Ashley, who was the, the number two at the USOC, and Scott Blackman, the number one, both knew in 2015. It took another 18 months until the Indianapolis Star blew the cover off this thing. And in those 18 months, you know, dozens more women were, were sent to be cared for by Larry Nasser and abused while doing so. And what ticks me off, as you said, after another 18 months, mm-hmm. and this is something that could have been taken care of a long time ago. Could have, should have. But from the business perspective, the big question here is, did it halt the proceedings of of them trying to decertify USA Gymnastics? Uh, there's some disagreement. I mean, USOC says it's full steam ahead, but it does push the pause button on several items related to the business, and that it has to be discussed, the business part of what's going on. Absolutely. And the I mean, we know kind of what the – there's been huge ramifications for USA Gymnastics. Yeah. You know, the all the leadership is gone, board gone. Uh, they're, they're facing decertification. They, they filed for bankruptcy last week, which we talked about. Uh, now the question is – what happens with the USOC? You know, USA Gymnastics lost all its sponsors. It's the reason it's bankrupt right now. I've reached out to all 22 USOC sponsors. I have not heard a peep back yet. Uh, the question now, as Scott said, are our sponsors going to 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 flee? Most likely not. Um, but but are they gonna are they gonna go their separate way? And two, uh, does does anything in this report make it more likely that the USOC is partner in lawsuits? The kind of huge, massive civil suits. Again, we're yeah. talking about three hundred plus women. Uh, the kind of civil suits that could really make a a financial damage uh, to the USOC. But what was the insurance policy? Like two million dollars. And the USA Gymnastics had a few different ones. They had a sexual uh, assault and molestation policy that covered two million. Two million. Okay. Uh, That's there's not a few get other umbrella policies, etc. They claim that that if you take all the the insurance in totality. 
that it's roughly in line with what they think these lawsuits are going to end up costing them. The, the we'll cl- see. The clearest indicator that our young Novi Williams with the crow's feet is growing up right before our very eyes is <laughs> that he, without without fail, without anything, without concern, starts talking about umbrella policies. I mean, he's a homeowner. <laughs> he's probably got a $500,000 umbrella policy personally. I love this. Gotta have an umbrella policy. Five years ago, Novi Williams was like, what? Umbrella? Wait, what? What? <laughs> now, no, no, yeah. right off the tip of his tongue. Oh, an umbrella policy. He I love is it. growing up right before. Our <laughs> eyes. He's going to be the Lee Steinberg of somebody else's guest of the sports <laughs> business world in ten more years. You watch. Two and a half men. How about that? Yeah. For, <laughs> for our uh, our group. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, Oakland Raiders. Oh my! And the whole city of Oakland. They have filed a lawsuit against the team. Well, St. Louis files a lawsuit against the Rams when they leave. This is sort of par for the course when a team leaves. The the city files suit for what revenue they're going to be missing. Now, the the question is for the Raiders, because they're not staying in Oakland, there's nowhere to play in Las Vegas for the 19th season. What are the Raiders going to do? Where do they go? Where do they play? Yeah, my money says they end up where UNLV plays, you know, which is is a small crappy by NFL standard stadium, but it's better than where the Chargers play, right? It's it's almost twice the size. Um, yeah. The, the, That's called leverage. The rate. <laughs> by the way, I'm sorry. Yeah. UNLV online for, for yeah, Evan exactly. Williams. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> slide the comma in the decimal point one space to the left. UNLV is getting a new stadium. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's any secret that the one they have is not, is not great. Um, yeah. The, this lawsuit alleges that the NFL is a cartel. It says that the what the $370 million uh, relocation fee that the Raiders paid, they called that a bribe uh, to, to allow the team to kind of skirt a lot of the NFL's in-place relocation policies. Um, I, I think legally, I'm, I'm obviously no expert, I don't think this has a tremendous amount of, of likelihood of succeeding. But, you know... The it, Raiders are going to cut a check. It's, yeah, it's certainly checked. possible. Yeah, and, and again, the lawsuit is not arguing for a court to make the Raiders stay. Right. Uh, we're obviously well, well past that point. Um, but it does certainly call into question, you know, if, if there was any, you know, possibility that they were going to play in Oakland next year, no longer. Once again, Barr, $700 million in public subsidies from Las Vegas. To, well, you, to yeah, you're talking 750 something million dollars. Million dollars in in Oakland could compete a record, with that. Right? Or yeah, second that, to that, the Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of the I two. think it's highest. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a record in public subsidy. Wow. Uh, American Athletic Conference. They say teams, you got to sign on for a long term, um, which I don't see how they can do that. Well, <laughs> well, they can't make them sign on. However, they're looking to keep conferences intact. We, this was. How, all the rage, what are you saying, two years ago, where it really was, you couldn't remember which, which universities yeah. were going to which conference. Well, it was just you know musical chairs. Settle down a little bit, but there are those still, Big 12 among them, yeah. looking to add teams. So these smaller conferences are looking to protect themselves for the future. If you're going to sign these big media deals, they all have contingencies on if somebody leaves, the number goes down. So, you know, um, Mike Oresco, the commissioner, former TV guy, understands mm-hmm. how media works. He's looking to keep these teams at least for the length of the media deals. And probably with the current teams there, they're looking at, what, 
tripling, quadrupling yeah. what, what they're taking in? The deal right now is, what, it's a seven-year, $130 million deal, roughly there. Um, it's going to be certainly more than that if they can get these teams to stay, and that's a, a big if. You, you mentioned the, the relocation we went through four years ago. That was because that was the last time all these deals were up, right? So all these conferences were suddenly jockeying for membership that was lucrative to companies like Fox and ESPN. It was a, we're, the reason we're a couple Rutgers years away. went to the Big Ten exactly. was the New York TV market. And the wasn't same necessarily reason why Maryland the football went to the or basketball team. Yeah. Uh, and, and the AAC, the American, uh, for those who aren't familiar, this is the essentially a new conference that was created with the football schools from the Big East. I'm you know, confused. They, they, <laughs> I get confused. I yeah, do. And, 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 and I do this for a living. Yeah. You're right to be confused because the membership has, has changed a lot, even in, in, in the first couple of years. Mike Oresco has been very adamant that, you know, there's the Power Five conferences, right? Yes. And he wants to be the sixth. He wants to be the Power Six conference. But I would say, Evan, when you were naming, you said, oh, obviously UCF is the first team. I yeah. I, I don't watch a whole lot of college football i did you know ucf was good central florida in this case yes only okay. because i haven't I'm lost a, in two I'm, years yeah, i haven't I, lost in two years i yeah, only they, know they, they claim to be years. the national champions from last year because oh. they were the only undefeated well, team good for them show, um, the, show those t-shirts ucf <laughs> <laughs> if the big 12 were to expand i would think that ucf might be high on the list of schools they might call um, and other schools in the in the in the athletic that that, that they, they certainly would want to keep around, uh, Houston, which is a, a very good football school, Memphis, which is a pretty good football school, um, Cincinnati, you know, which was another school that was rumored or, or very interested in being. All uh, impressed. Isn't part Penny, of the Big isn't Penny Hardaway the basketball coach there now? Uh, at, at Memphis? Memphis, yes. Woo! Yeah. Wow. Two for Sashnik. Yeah. Um, <laughs> follow me on Twitter, at Sashnik. <laughs> <laughs> they're also experimenting with uh, with paying some schools more than others out of the TV money yeah. as an enticement to stay, something that the Mountain West does with Boise State already. Um, how, how English Premier League of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more stories like this as we get into 2020 and 2021 of conferences trying to figure out creative ways of ensuring their long-term viability and also breaking up their media packages in new ways. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soshnick and Evan Novi williams We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with NFL agent Lee Stein. Patty Flakes! You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you can get our podcast. Bloomberg.